everyone. You're tuning in to Radical Good with your host, Rada Friedman. In this video podcast, we're going to explore the question, what will it take to get more resources into the hands of women and girls, especially women and girls of color, women and girls who are queer, women and girls with disabilities, or all of the above? How can we be more intersectional and inclusive? I've spent two decades working on gender equality issues all over the world. And the universal truth that I've seen is that when you invest in women and girls, it creates a ripple effect of benefits that spread through her family, through her community, and ultimately through the world. We'll talk with powerhouse women and some male-bodied allies to hear inspiring stories and learn some practical ways that we can use the resources we have at our disposal to advance progress on equality by spending like it matters, giving like it matters, and investing like it matters so we can really narrow the gender wealth gap. So Tracy, hello, thank you for joining today. I'm really excited to get the opportunity to talk with you. And um, you've had such a miraculous journey. I was thinking about how to introduce you and there are so many accolades attached that I just thought I'd do some quick highlights. So for anybody who doesn't know you, Tracy Gray is the founder and managing partner of the 22 Fund currently executive in residence at the Los Angeles Cleantech Incubator. Um, and I think really importantly for the people who are tuning into this, Tracy, you gave a really amazing TED talk on why it's time for women to be sexist with their investment capital. And the overwhelming response that you got from that um, led you to fund the We Are Enough campaign, um, which I wanna talk with you more about later. Um, and also, you will be featured in Chronicle Books, 200 Women Who Will Change the Way That You See the World, which I think is amazing. And if that weren't enough, you're also a rocket scientist. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining today. Um, I think that this is going to be a really fun conversation because I get requests from so many different people who are really interested in finding ways to invest in women but they're overwhelmed by the options, especially when it comes to impact investing. And so I thought you'd be a perfect person to really shed some light on some of that. So just to get started, um, tell us a little bit about your journey and how you got started in this work. Well, you know, as you said, I started, I'm not a rocket scientist, but I, I'm adjacent to rocket scientists. So I started my profession on the space shuttle program I worked for a company, I was a systems analyst, and um, loved technology, but didn't, didn't like being in front of a computer, which back then, that's what you did in technology, you're in front of a computer most of the time. Um, over time, I moved from that into the music industry, um, and then got into venture capital <clears throat> in 1999, and just loved it, just loved all aspects of of it except for the inequality and inequities that I saw back then, meaning that um, I was the one who got all the business plans and decided who met with the partners. And so if you didn't get through me, you didn't get to the partners and to the decision makers. I was an investment pro professional, but I really didn't have the decision-making power. Um, but I noticed that of all these, you know, they told me we got 300 to 500 uh, business plans a month that I read most of them and I never saw anyone but white men come in just white men um, and I would ask when I thought someone was of color so there's one guy that was half 
Latino because <laughs> I asked him. But I don't believe I saw any women when I was there. We, the firm invested in a woman before I came, but no women, no people of color. Um, and at this point, it wasn't even just unrepresented people of color, like even the more represented people of color, like the different um, Asian um, ethnicities, they weren't even getting money then. And I just didn't see how that was right or made business sense because back then, without me really knowing the research that overwhelmingly says this now, but back then I was like, okay, business 101, you're investing in white men, which is a shrinking market. You never invest in a shrinking market. Why do we keep doing this? Um, so my goal after that was to start my own firm. Um, and I got into a uh, nonprofit because I want to see the nexus of economic development and private capital. Not a nonprofit gal, so I got out of, that was a little frustrating. Love the nonprofit, but it was just frustrating for me. <clears throat> and went to business school and focused on impact investing, which they didn't really call it that then. Corporate uh, social responsibility, all the words they had, whatever they were back then. Um, and saw so that was really where I was able to put together um, my passion and my profession and my spiritual beliefs and all that is just, you know, being able to work around the impact space. But so that was my, my goal was investing in people of color in tech, women and people of color in tech. That was my goal. That was I going to do. And I started a firm, a fund in 08 and got my seed funder and then the world fell apart a month later and when Lehman Brothers and everything started. So oh, I, yeah. yeah. So I then went to the mayor's office because I was an investment um, consultant helping them find equity capital for affordable housing. They asked me to come on staff. I didn't think I would ever work for a politician because my ex-husband worked for politicians and I felt like that really ruined our marriage. <laughs> but I ended, up, I ended up there and um, that wasn't my cup of tea, but what I was able to do was my cup of tea. So the politics side wasn't that, wasn't for me because of the power struggles, but I became a senior advisor for international business mm -hmm. and um, went around the world helping companies um, export. So Got out of that, and I was going to start a firm, which is what my firm, the 22 Fund, does now, is invest in, in companies to increase their export capacity because mm -hmm. companies that export are more successful, more resilient, and create jobs faster than those that don't. And most of them are people of color. And most of the businesses and small businesses starting, small businesses are women, right? But, but what got me into the gender lens part after that long story is I um, did this TED, TEDx talk and I thought I was going to, when I was researching, I thought it's going to be about me always being the only black person, you know, mm -hmm. everything I did. But then I started to see all the research and being an engineer, I like numbers and evidence and facts. And the research said a few things. Women control most of the discretionary spending around the world. We are slightly better investors. Um, a majority, now people, this, this stat, it goes back and forth, but women, more of their money goes to the community and their families, men <laughs> less so. I won't say the numbers, but, um, but then on the flip side, women don't invest. We will give away a lot of money, 
Mm -hmm. Um, But we don't invest. We don't feel comfortable because we like to have all our I's crossed and I mean, I's dotted, T's crossed, be Mm -hmm. perfect. And we never think we know enough about investing. And so we're not confident. And even when you say, well, you're going to lose money anyway by giving money away. As soon as it leaves your hand, you've lost some money. Why not take that risk of being able to grow your wealth? So when I saw that women weren't investing and there were so many people trying to get more professional investors and more, you know, entrepreneurs, but no one was looking at the everyday woman of, of their power of their wallet. Like no matter how much money, whether you're at the base of the pyramid or the, what you call the last mile women, mm-hmm. or you're at the tops of Wall Street, most of us weren't investing and most of they weren't talk, speaking to us about our money. <clears throat> so that is when I had the aha moment that one plus one equals two. You get more women to invest in women. We build more wealth and literally change the world. That's how I got here. I love it. And it's a, an incredible circuitous path, which I think many people can relate to. Most of us don't have a straight line from the thing that we want to do when we're little to the thing that we end up doing at a different phase in our lives. And there's almost always, I find fascinating anyway, some sort of experience that stops us in our tracks and forces us to question whether our values align with the actions that we're taking. So I love your... Actually, my straight line would have been straight up because I wanted to be an astronaut. <laughs> like literally till I was 20-something, I applied to be an astronaut. So after that didn't happen, I was just all over the place, which makes mm-hmm. your life more interesting when you try different things. Absolutely. <laughs> so what is it that you really love the most about what you're currently doing? You talked so much about these really important and powerful statistics about the fact that um, women do have multiple roles as caretakers and their work is uncounted in so many ways and they are responsible for so many decisions in the household, but they don't always feel comfortable investing because um, there's a tendency to, to feel like we need to have everything perfectly understood before we do it. Um, and that perfectionism really gets in the way of investing. So what, what do you love most about this? Like what excites you about this work? Well, um, I'm not sure if the word is love or excites me. <laughs> I am driven by justice or injustice, right? So if I see something that's not fair, I just can't. I can't keep my mouth shut. I can't stop from trying to, and I'm a fixer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I try to fix it, right? And from a macro level and a micro level, I'm trying to change the system so it's fair. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that's my passion is just fairness, you know, because it, it just doesn't make sense. As an engineer, if something is illogical, it, it's like, I, I, I can't understand it. And it doesn't make sense when diversity drives higher returns that you wouldn't invest in women, women especially women of color, um, when you get higher returns. So then if you're not doing that, then there's biases, right? Then there's, it's not fair. It's not, especially when money, finance always like, all we care is the bottom line. But when, when it comes to all the research showing you get your bottom line is better if you invest with diversity and they don't do it, mm-hmm. it just doesn't make sense. So I think because I'm a fixer and I don't like injustice, it doesn't matter how big it is, I'm going to try to fix it. And that's yeah. why I do what I do. Yeah. 
I love it. Can you talk a little bit more about why you think it's so important? Um, I, I loved all of the points that you just touched on, which are for some reason overlooked, even though all the data is there. Um, but why do you think it's so important for people to invest in women and particularly women of color in places where we haven't before? Well, when, so we're going through a strange time. We right? are, indeed. Yeah. Um, this virus with, a, with different shocks on top of it. You know, we had the trade, trade shocks, we had the oil shocks, then we have this virus, and then we had shock. And so we've never seen anything like this. We can't even go back to the Great Depression. But who's going to get hurt the most? You know, it's the most vulnerable. And unfortunately, around the world, the most vulnerable are girls and women of color. Mm -hmm. And if we, and what happens is, I don't know if the term is regression to the mean or regression to the norm or what happens, but when we have these challenges, the power, the money power always goes back to what they're comfortable with, which mm -hmm. is investing in each other, which happen to be white men or just, or men, period. Yeah. Um, so we have to, we know the impact women have on the world. You look at the um, SDGs and the UN has said that what impacts those SDGs the most is growing women's wealth. Mm -hmm. So we must do that. And I'm just we can't, I'm tired of begging, cajoling, shaming, guilting men into doing the right thing when there's no need to do that anymore. That women can do this ourselves. And we literally, once, like I said, the path to changing the world is through women. So I'm not sure I'm answering your question, but- You are. They're, the majority of the women in the world are of color. Yes. So if you are going to leave out the majority of the women and girls in the world, how are we ever going to change it? That's just foolish. It makes zero sense. So, um, you know, my, my way of thinking, there's nothing really like intellectual about it. It's literally just common sense. You know, it's not complicated. And it, like you said, I was a rocket science. So it's not rocket science. So that's why... Um, I think it's important. And then if you just look at the numbers level, um, women are starting businesses faster than any other segment. Hmm. In the U.S., I don't know around the world, but I'm sure you could, it's around the world. And in the U.S., the one demographic that's starting the fastest are black women. Plus, black women are the most educated demographic. So you put those two together, you would think we would get more capital and people would help these businesses but not only the regular capital you know the mainstream institutional capital pulls back but you know impact investors they pull back mm -hmm. and if they're supposed to be the change and 20 years later from 1999 when i entered venture capital till now and no numbers have changed and in fact have gone down with access to capital for women yeah what are impact investors doing what exactly are they doing? And that was, that's what breaks my heart the most is I tell people when you're fundraising or you're trying to increase XX to capital, it's um, death by a thousand cuts. Yeah. But with impact investors, it's a thousand cuts to my heart. Mm -hmm. And um, 
So if we really want to do what we say, we have to start investing in women and girls and investing, not just giving. Yeah, I completely agree. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I use that quote that you said so many times. It's not rocket science. And I used to be a rocket scientist, so I should know. I think about that all the time when I think of you because all of the data is there. It's very clear. We cannot make progress if we're leaving half the world behind. Women of color are the global majority. They are people of the global majority. <laughs> and for some reason, we're still working with these antiquated systems, hoping for a different result, even though we already know what the trajectory will be. Um, it just really doesn't make sense. So sometimes when I start talking with people about the data, um, I collect all of this data. So I can tend to start to spout out statistics to the point where people's eyes glaze over. Um, and I find often that what helps is to pull it back a little bit and to talk about a specific example of something that I've seen that has really made a difference. So is there an example or a story of something that you've witnessed where these kinds of barriers have been removed or a significant investment has been made that's really made a difference for a woman that you know? I know you were just recently at the CEO Summit, so maybe there are some great examples. That exactly. I mean, I, I don't know if I would pull out a specific company, um, because there's, but CEO itself is really, it's such a simple idea mm. with so little money that is making a huge difference. Um, if you don't know, CEO um, aggregates $1,000 from women in different regions around the world in five countries now, and have between five, in, the, in aggregate have 500 to a million dollars to invest in five to 10, what they call ventures. So, and the women are called activators and activators have multiple meeting. They're very active women and they're activating um, change. So, and then the ventures are the companies. And so we've heard story after story how this capital, which is, you know, maybe a hundred thousand or a little more or a little less has changed these women's lives and their businesses. 100,000, which in the world of investing is like if I gave you a penny, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, and they've all paid, these are zero interest loans. They've all paid them back. So that now in Canada, it's a perpetual fund. If they didn't get any more activators, this money would go on for the rest of our lives, our children's lives, our children's children's lives. And then I think this year, or 2021, the U.S. becomes a perpetual fund. So Vicki Saunders has done what she said, and it was so simple. Mm -hmm. And she did it because she wanted to change the system that she was in that was effed up. <laughs> and she, I'm trying to, I have a really bad mouth, but, you know. <laughs> but it's been, you know, it's simple. And that's an example of how this isn't rocket science. This is, like, simply fair and aggregating women, empowering women. And CEO is like, is the start, we call the starter drug for investing. Mm -hmm. Even though it is because of the rules of regulations, SEC in different countries, it is a donation, but everything else is a, like an investment. And the due diligence process is different. That first made me uncomfortable because I like these women weren't looking at the numbers. They were going with a feeling and I was like, what? But it actually works. It really works. So, um, 
that is my greatest example. And then I see just at the LA Clean Tech Incubator and, and in LA and everywhere I go, when women finally get that capital, and it doesn't matter what amount it is, they do so much more with it than men. And that is not from a bias for me, this is proven. And I, and I see it anecdotally and I've seen it, um, analysis and research that proves it. Amazing, I love it. So let's get into some uh, things that people can do because um, you've probably heard this even more than I have in, in many of the circles that you're in. Um, I think that there's often a barrier for people to think about how to get started. Um, and once you get over that first hurdle, it, it tends to get easier and easier. One of the simple resources that I've been giving to people, at least in the last year or so, has been to start with an account at Elevest um, because it's an easy way to enter in a relatively safe and small way. But I, there are a number of sites and a number of funds that are now available all over the world um, where people can really start to dig in a little bit deeper. So if you were going to give some advice, um, for listeners who are interested in starting to invest in women and girls and do some gender lens investing, what would be your places to start? Well, I, I, I don't like to do that because one, I'm not a financial advisor, right? Okay. I'm not a personal money advisor. I invest in companies. Um, if you saw my personal finances, I don't think you would. <laughs> 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 for me. But um, what I will say is um, my nonprofit, We Are Enough, is going to be launching a three-year campaign to get three million women to do just that, right? Um, and we're going to make it easy for women to find the places that to put their money. And we say whether you have $25 or $25 million, have a piggy bank or own a bank, we're gonna point you to the platforms, products, destinations like Elevest or like the She Index or what have you, where you can go and invest from Kiva to SheEO to Portfolio, you know, different types of asset classes, products, and not just blindly point you, but give you mm -hmm. enough education to make you feel comfortable around it, make women feel comfortable, because you know how we don't like to be uncomfortable, which is something mm -hmm. we need to get comfortable with the uncomfortable, but that's a whole mm -hmm. other philosophical. <laughs> but um, that's, so we're going to have all these products and services. So I don't want to, you know, I don't want to make a personal recommendation of anywhere, but we'll have places like Kiva for $25, or I think it's called New Day. It's called New Day, where you can do it for zero or one dollar from Nia Global. You know, there's so many places that you can go um, that we'll have there for you. And not to be, but you know, women have to not be afraid. Don't start with the scarcity model that we're so used to doing. Mm -hmm. Start by with abundance and growth. Um, and that's what we're gonna try to do and have this mindset shift in women so that in three years, We Are Enough is out of business. I want to put that nonprofit out of business where women are like, we don't need to hear from you anymore. We got this. We know how <laughs> to move forward and change the world. So I would do that as one to promote We Are Enough. You can go to weareenough.biz to sign up and, um, before we can tell you when we announce the, when we start the campaign. Um, but 
that's where I, oh, and one more thing is if you have a financial advisor, remember that financial advisor works for you. And if they don't do what you want, if you say, I want to invest with a gender lens or with an impact lens, and they say, no, you know, you won't, we, that's concessionary or all the excuses they make, it's usually because they're not, they don't know how to do it. It's mm-hmm. not because if they knew how to do it, they wouldn't say that. They know they can make the same amount of same returns or better if they did this. So fire them. I get a lot of women that say, oh, my, uh, but my financial planner won't do that. Or it's always, he won't do that. And I'm like, well, then fire him because mm. he works for you. He makes money from you. Mm-hmm. That would be my biggest, if you're not comfortable about investing yourself and you have a planner or advisor, make sure they do what you want. I love that you said that. I love that you said that because I've heard from several people, and I think I may have even shared this with you, that they have gone in to talk with their financial advisor and told them, I'm really interested in gender lens investing. I really want to align my values with where my money is going and support women and girls. And their advisor has said, oh, well, it's a shame you're going to sacrifice returns to do that. That is not correct. That means that person hasn't been doing their homework. There's so much data out there that shows that that is not true. I just read a report this week. The markets are crashing because of the coronavirus pandemic. And yet uh, one of the bonds that's focused on women's livelihoods is up 3.8%. So, Well, you have to send that to me or tell me which one that is. I will send it to you. It's incredible. And so I have been reading all about these break up with your bank parties that women are having. It's really about having the confidence to walk into the room and say, I will not be told anymore to sit down, little lady, I'll handle your finances. I'm going to handle this stuff myself. See, I'm all programming in my language. (laughs) That's exactly (laughs) what we want from We Are Enough. We yeah. want women to feel empowered to do that. And not just women who are in the in- investing world, every woman on this planet. Yeah, I love it. So in light of the unusual situation that we all find ourselves in, in the world right now with the COVID-19 pandemic and crazy markets, um, is there anything that you think that people should know about what to do right now? I know a lot of times people just panic. And again, you're not a financial advisor. This is just general advice. Do you see opportunities right now that we have? Well, yeah. I mean, there's good and bad opportunities. Well, there, it depends who you are. You know, I've been on calls over the last couple of days with VCs and, you know, investors, male, mainly male investors. It's always like 80, 90% male on these calls. And they are ready to become those corporate raiders, you know, and I don't know if that's the right word, but where they're looking for deals, right? And so they're getting, they're looking, one, they're either looking for your company to go as lean as possible, all these draconian measures, Mm -hmm. or they're going to take advantage of the situation and get into your company with much cheaper prices. And these are the men. I'm not, so I was on a call and these, all these men were saying this and there were two women investors on there and they were talking about how they're going to help their companies keep their employees, how they're going to prepare for the growth that's going to come. Um, the men, and I was writing this down because I didn't want to like be biased myself. The men were talking about, you know, hold steady, cut as much as you can till we get back to normal where the women have noticed and are ready for the, think about the future and how this, 
there's not going to be that normal again. The women are thinking about what different structures, systems are going that you need to, that you as women can be prepared for, for that future instead of shrinking and being very draconian. And I found that so fascinating. And even um, at some of the start, startups that, you know, you, in these times you have to pivot, right? Do something different, especially if you're in any kind of restaurant or retail or consumer products, which a lot of women are in consumer products. So mm -hmm. when they start businesses, you know, or hair care, and you know, all those things that are typically women, but I've seen some of them pivot because they are the compassionate side of the equation and they want to help. So they're able to pivot their businesses to help in this time, to help, you know, in healthcare, to help, in volunteerism, there's like, I've, I'm just amazed at what the women are doing. Mm. And um, so what was your question? <laughs> My question was just about, you know, what are opportunities that we have now, you know, yeah. during this unusual time? So I would love impact investors to, one, see the opportunity in women and people of color fund managers, because they're mm. going to invest in these companies that are going to do what Vicki Saunders at CEO says, the, the world's to-do list, right? Mm -hmm. Or when you talk to, I mean, I'm saying women's names, so you already know, um, Joy Anderson, how she's connected investing with gender violence. Mm -hmm. And um, Suzanne Beagle, who is connecting gender to climate change. And Kristen Hall, you know, I can name all these women. And these women and these women of color who, um, Sher Sharona McPherson, who's, on the ground in Cape Town doing her work. And um, I just have, there's so many that I can name, but they're looking forward. They know these old ways are not gonna come back. These guys are like holding on to their last vestige of this power. And women know this is going into a different time, a feminine approach to things, a caring and compassionate approach to things. And we're gonna use the markets to do just that. Mm, I love it. I love it. Well, Tracy, thank you so much for doing this interview and for sharing your, your wisdom and spirit with everybody who's listening. I really, really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. And thank you for reaching out to me. I think you originally reached out to me at, at the um, Women Funded event. Yeah. And you and Ada were just like such bright faces and bright lights. <laughs> scared me. I'm like, who are these women? They're like, you know, that imposter syndrome came up. It's like, they're, they're not talking to me, are they? You know, <laughs> I really appreciate that we've stayed in touch and that we're going to be doing this work together. So thanks for Yeah, me too. Ada's my partner in crime and she's also going to be interviewed very oh, soon. Good, 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 good. <laughs> okay. Hi everyone. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If today's conversation piqued your curiosity, please comment below, review and share it with your friends and colleagues, and let me know your suggestions for future guests you'd like to hear from. Also, follow me on social media, the links will be in the show notes, and be sure to sign up for my newsletter on my website at www.radafriedman.org. If you wanna be inspired, think big, and take action to advance gender equality. Then subscribe to this podcast to hear more inspiring stories and tips on how we can close the gender wealth gap. Thanks for listening.